Hello, Internet. This is Chase Redshirt King Wassenaar, and welcome to the 2018 NALCS Power Rankings Podcast. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed the preview episode that I did with Tim Sevenhusen from Oracle's Elixir. Uh, it was great to have him on the show, but now, you know, it, it's time to get into the nitty-gritty. It's time to put our analyst reputations on the line and actually make some predictions as to how this se uh, season is going to play out. And I can't think of anyone I would rather have joining me uh, than my good friend and uh, and Twitch streamer, uh, Orzadis. How you doing, my man? I am great. Thank you for having me on once again. Always a pleasure to be here with you. Yeah, no, I, uh, I'm i glad we could make this work. You know, it's been a while with the pod. I have had a, a lot of moving and things in my personal life to do, but now I'm settled. I feel like uh, I, I've got everything under control. I feel like I've got these power rankings under control. It feels like North America um, has, you know, there, there's going to be some movement at the top, but I feel like we know who the playoff teams are and we know who they aren't. Um, yeah. So, so I guess before we get into the individual rankings, um, what what were your thoughts? Uh, I, I guess you know in this fiesta meta that we've got going on right now, um, what what are your thoughts overall about what we're going to see in North America this season? So, admittedly, I haven't given too much credibility to the whole fiesta going on in the bot lane. Um, I think that a lot of I think that. What, what's been going on in Brazil we've seen a little has been really hilarious. Mm -hmm. um, but but that even there we've seen a lot of teams readjust to having 80 carries in the bot lane. Um, and and that I've, I, I've just heard a lot of rumblings of people saying that, you know, certain picks like Lucian aren't that bad, mm -hmm. you know, if you can just make it out of the lane. Um, and so, yeah, the, the Fiesta, I think we're going to see definitely a lot of variety. I think this meta is a Fiesta, and, and we're going to see some games, maybe from some, like, really, uh, you know, like a Team Liquid into, like, a Golden Guardians, where, where we're going to see some, you know, pretty insane, uh, insane picks. But, again, I don't think that it's as bad as everyone's making it. It's not the meta-ocalypse, the meta as people are calling it. <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, hopefully it, it sorts itself out. You know, Tim, Tim's always of the opinion uh, the meta won't matter by the end of this split. It'll be different than where we are now. Uh, so, exactly. it's, so it's more about just how teams can adjust. And I do think that's fair. I will say, though, um, I've been monitoring a lot of solo queue for, for some of these guys. I think Orn bot lane is going to be a thing from some of these AD carries. Reckless has been spamming it, I know for a fact. Um, I'm pretty sure the double lift's been spamming it. So we're, we're going to see it. It's just how much, to what extent, and whether it survives that first week of play. And then, of course, we have Banner of Command getting removed on the next patch, which throws a whole other wrench into things. It's, and I got a lot more opinions on that than I do on the rest <laughs> of the meta. But. Uh, okay, well, here, let's, let's, uh, I'll give you uh, 60 seconds. How do you feel about Banner of Command yeah, coming no, out? No, so I just I don't like the fact that they're removing it. I'm really, as, as someone who has played top lane for four seasons now, who had to suffer through, you know, Rise Lulu top. We had Cinder Hulk top with Scion and Shyvana. And, mm -hmm. you know, like, we've had so many and, and long periods of time on top of that. Not just two weeks or four weeks, but some of this stuff was months long. Mm -hmm. You know, that we had to suffer through that. And the fact that they can't, they for two patches, they couldn't figure out Banner. And, and it bothered the bot lane and mid laners so much, you know, that they had, they're removing it now. I'm like, hey. What, what the heck is going on? I want stuff removed all the time. It never goes anywhere. But Banner gets a little broken for two patches. Just revert it to where it was, you know, a, few, a month ago, to the, three months ago. You know, take it, take it back. I, I just the removal of it, I think, is a little, a little overkill. And uh, and people complaining about it to that degree, I, I think you're hurting the game more than you're helping it, guys. <laughs> yeah, you know, it turns out that social media is not always the most calm and collected when it comes to criticism of the game. Oh. I know, I'm shocked too. <laughs> um, but it, but it, it does, you know, it, it was one of the few times in which Riot admit, uh, we don't know how to balance this. Like, we're openly saying, we do not know how to make this item work in a way that is not completely useless or busted. So we're just going to get rid of it. I almost want to call it refreshingly honest, but it, it, it does lead to this weird spot where it's like, of all of all the things that you're going to respond to, how many patches did we have Zoe as a must-ban before? Right? Like, 
it's it's just it's just odd, but but we're gonna we're gonna move on. Yeah, I, I, I we'll think, move on. <laughs> yeah, I, and we're gonna go ten through one. We're gonna organize this through your list, Xander. I I will let people know where I put teams, but we're gonna go in the order that you've set uh, from the worst team to the best team. So, who do you think is gonna be the weakest team in the NALCS split? Who's your ten spot? Okay, so starting with number ten, Golden Guardians. Um, mm. I, I don't think they had enough improvement in their roster. Um, I I haven't seen enough. I didn't even see enough improvement from them toward the end of the season to be really confident with their gameplay. And then um, you couple that with where again this Fiesta meta kind of is, and 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 going into that, who I think the burden of carry is going to be on for these early weeks, especially which. Are, are gonna play I think that the early weeks are gonna be very formative for uh you know this split just like they were in the last one for determining who made that top six mm-hmm. and uh, I think that they're really gonna find they're gonna struggle because I think that top lane and jungle are gonna be very important and while I like Lurlo contracts has struggled playing around Lurlo um he either you know either his jungle pathing gets there a little too late lurlo gets ganked even though lurlo was the one winning the lane or there was a lot of stuff going on when they tried to play around top lane that i didn't like and it didn't have to do so much with the top laner himself but just with how the rest of the team played when the 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 game was oriented around him um so i think that that's really going to hurt them in the early weeks and i don't know if they can recover you know we didn't see enough from them last split to, to say, hey, I feel confident seeing this team, you know, be make that top six. Again, I, I think that they're, you know, going to sit in last place. But I think they might find some more wins. And on a high, if they can, you know, play at their best with Mickey, um, and, and, and again, if they can empower Lurlo, that this team can get some wins off of these mid-tier teams. So we'll see what happens. But, yeah, 10th yeah. place, Golden Guardians. Uh, first of all, I want to appreciate your high pun there. You snuck that in beautifully, yeah. <laughs> um, and I do want to recognize it and appreciate it. Uh, Golden Guardians, to your point, went 0-5 down the stretch. Uh, that's not great. Uh, if, they, if that's the ending note for your team, uh, you, you, it did not have that sign of turning things around that would make one optimistic. That wasn't there, and I do agree with that. Uh, I have them at 8th, and, and the reason why... And, and I, I, I want to admit straight up, this is going in defiance of every result we've seen when a team loses high and no longer mm-hmm. has that shot-calling presence on there. Mm-hmm. But I think Mickey's a really good player. And Mickey gives them a carry yeah. option they did not have last split. There was not a player on Golden Guardians who could you could count on as your number one primary carry, game in and game out. I think Mickey gives you that. And it also gives contracts a clear lane to play around. Last split, it's like, well, do you play around Lorlo? Like... He's okay, but he's not going to win a game for you. You're not. He's not going to, you know, stomp lame and really snowball. That's not Lorlo's style. Like you're going to get, you know, gank for Defley and Matt. They were the their youth kind of showed last split, and and High just isn't that guy at this point in his career. Now they have that guy, and I think if if they can play around that, if the mid jungle synergy figures itself out, I think they'll do better than they did last split. Uh, I don't think they're going to do better than eighth. I, I that's my optimistic <laughs> response for them. But, gotcha. But I but I think I think tenth is fair. I, I think that's that's yeah. fair. But what what about number nine? Who do you have number nine? So on number list? nine, I've got, and I just want to be honest. These bottom four teams, they were kind of hard for me. Like NA was a little difficult for me. It was harder for me this time than it was in spring. Definitely, but um, uh, I think that uh, FlyQuest is going to be number nine. Uh, reason being that I like their individual players. You know, I, I like that uh, I, the idea of Keen, Santorin, and Flame, um, just in how they kind of play as far as um, being able to upset really traditional-styled teams. Keen likes to play a lot of counterpicks. Uh, Santorin has at times shown that he can play at a really high level, and, and in certain metas he can even be like the number one jungler for the first, you know, for a couple of weeks. Um, in, in terms of just how he uh, positions the early game, but at the same time we've seen him be, you know, like we've seen him really underperform, and uh, Flame really hasn't been the Flame that I was hoping he would be when he came to NA. I honestly was kind of hoping this would really rejuvenate him and we'd see an older style of flame, but 
he he's steadily you know he started off really strong at the beginning steadily got a little worse as the split progressed um and i think that you know the weight of the team's issues weighed on him a little bit too but also coupled with the fact that i've been following him in solo queue a bit and that's not like the end-all be-all especially for a player like flame but he hasn't been performing there as well as i would like to see him especially you know with as much time as the FlyQuest guys had off you know so <laughs> and and yeah so i can't i can't really see them having too much uh mobility forward just really with the santorin change and the keen change yeah so i i had FlyQuest in number nine as well um, okay. So I'm going to so do my unbiased analysis first. Um, I think that this is a team uh, that is the kind of team that makes it hard for Flame to keep his motivation up. You know, we yeah. saw in 2017 with Immortals, he played incredibly well. He was one of the best top laners in the league last yeah. year, in my opinion. This year, I think it became very clear that Onda was not going to set him up for plays the way he wanted. Uh, that you weren't going to be able to play around Fly in in the early to mid game uh, to draw mm-hmm. attention away from him. That wasn't happening. Yeah. So Flame, you know, he averaged 177 gold differential at 10 minutes. That's among the best of top laners. But it it, it amounted to nothing because there was nothing yeah, exactly. going on anywhere else. And and so I understand why he might uh, check out a little bit. It definitely looked like he wasn't playing up to what he could be. Um, and I do agree that these changes do. Uh, make things a little bit more difficult. Uh, now, as a fan of FlyQuest, I hated this offseason. I don't understand what they're doing. Uh, t- Tim talked yeah, me off hard. the ledge. Well, well, it's because are you trying to make the playoffs a split or are you trying to rebuild for the long term? Because if you're trying to go for the playoffs, then I, I guess I can see why you would bring in guys like Santorin and Conquan at those two yeah. positions, right? They give you some stability um, in, in that they have veteran experience. But we just saw Santorin uh, not do very well in Europe. And for whatever reason, FlyQuest signed him through 2019. So they think he's going to be around for two more splits after this. So they're not using him as a stopgap, in which case I don't understand what the plan is there. Uh, and, and you have to look at, well, are you, are you really getting that much more out of Conquan than you would have mm. out of uh, over Stunt? Um, I do think Keen was the right call because letting him get bought out by Gen G, I'm sure, was more helpful for the org than what Fly was going to provide. Oh but, yeah. But but then you're looking at like, why do you think this is a playoff team? What evidence did you have towards the end of the split? Like, yeah. I, I would have loved to see. Uh, you know, I I do think Onda going back down for some seasoning is okay. I would have uh, preferred them to hold keep a hold of Shrimp. And, and maybe yeah, move I, him up I instead. agree with that too. Yeah, and, I, and, J, and JJ should be in the starting lineup. He's the best support yeah. in the academy system right now. Use him. I, I, I really. I, I get behind that as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I. He, it just, he played great in those in in those some of those last academy games that I watched. Yeah, and the FlyQuest Academy won the league for a reason. So I I, yeah. I think it's there. I, I think it, there's a way to make this work. Um, FlyQuest just. I don't know what the plan is. I don't know what the goal is for this split. And so I think I leave them at ninth because that's yeah, that's kind that's, of where they are. Like they're they're too there's too many stable veterans to be tenth. But there's just not to tag on to that real yeah. quick. I I wrote who knows. Literally that's what I wrote because <laughs> <laughs> that's what I that's where I thought their game plan was was who knows. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you I, and I get on with that one. Yeah, FlyQuest, uh I, I hope you prove me wrong. Um I have to root for Santorin for three splits. I don't know how I feel about that. We're going to move on. <laughs> Number eight. I, I, I'm, I'm curious now, because uh, I haven't announced my ten yet. I wonder if this is where I'm, we're going to find them. Who is your number eight seed here, Xander? I had Optic at number eight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Optic was my number eight. Reason being that I think the roster changes are actually... I think that this team has ha- had some positive changes that... Uh, are, are setting it up, but that I don't know that it's going to be enough. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I don't know that, um, I don't know that Jokla and Big are going to be enough to propel Acadian Power of Evil and Arrow into the top six. Um, and I like Jokla over Zig 
because I, I was really down on Zig last season. and or Yeah, no, just honestly, the entirety of last split and the split prior. Um, you know, when he came out with the, the Kled, he made a big showing at first uh, on, you know, Phoenix 1. Um, but but at, since then, he, he did nothing. And I thought he was a big question mark for them when they started uh, in spring uh, with this roster. So I think Jokla's a big improvement. But at the same time, Jokla's a very mixed bag still. He's not like a licorice. I haven't seen the licorice-like quality of, you know, from him. Of like I can just take over and do whatever you need with a game, um, and and on top of that, his champion pool um, coming into this on solo queue, the stuff he's winning with is not stuff I want to be seeing him win with, and he's got a lot of losses on on stuff that I feel if the meta had if 8.11 was the meta and he were their top laner, he'd be he'd be struggling right now really hard. Yeah, I. I mean, I, I agree with you that Dokla is better than Zig, and I, I will say Optic replaced the two weakest players on their team from last yeah. split. Like, anytime yeah. you get rid of the two weakest guys, that is a positive. Uh, I had Optic at 10th, uh, okay. and the reason why is he, here. here's the gap between Zig and Dokla, just to put it in perspective. Zig had a 1.3 KDA, that's the worst KDA in the entire NALCS, in case you're curious, yep. and yep. a 43.8% kill participation, which I didn't know you could go that low and play 10 games. Like, shouldn't you accidentally have been there for a couple more of these kills? You would think. <laughs> that, right. that, that's impressively bad to me. But then you get, okay, so Dokla, a little bit of improvement, right? Uh, so he had a 1.5 KDA. Uh, he had it in a 55.1% kill participation. Negative goal differential at 10 minutes for Zig was negative 318. For Dokla, it was negative 270. So uh, welcome to the old, uh, the new guard, same as the old guard, at least for now. Dokla's, Dokla's got it. And, and here's the thing. Dokla gives you upside. And that's why yeah. I think it was absolutely the right move. I don't think Zig is going to get better at this point in his career. I, I think it was the right choice. I just don't have a ton of faith in Dokla. And the one Great. thing I, I, I do think is weird, Optic basically cleaned out their academy lineup in the offseason. Yeah, I noticed that. That That's odd to me. Because the whole point, right, is that, you know, it doesn't <laughs> matter whether you win or lose week in, week out. You just need to, you know, kind of be, be working on building up certain skill sets for these guys. And... You know, Winter at the support position is a guy that I had a lot of faith in, that I mm -hmm. thought could eventually be an LCS guy. And the fact that they dropped him for nothing, not even to trade him to another org, but just got rid of him, uh, I, I thought was interesting. I don't, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I'm not at Optic Gaming headquarters, so maybe there's well, they something. Have, about... They have Gate now, no? They do. Yeah, they got Gate and they're starting big, mm -hmm. which. I have yeah. a lot of questions about that. I yeah, mean, that was... To that be fair, Conquan's gone. That was probably option number one on their list. Yeah. It's like, who who isn't signed yet? Conquan? Oh, damn, they just went to FlyQuest. Okay, fine, we'll take Big and Gate. Yeah. Okay. Is Big, like, Big has to be what? Like, the 13th best support in North America? If we had to yeah. take a guess? I don't know. I don't know that that moves the needle all that much from Lemonation, and that's why I, I couldn't... Even though they 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 made two they made moves at the right positions, I just don't think that the moves that they made move the needle for me in the way that someone like a Mickey moves the needle for me with Golden Guardians. But th those are the bottom three. We are in agreement about that. This yes. is where it gets yes. interesting. Okay. Number seven. I'm excited. All right. So, <laughs> CLG. Okay. <laughs> we're we're both we're both agree on that. We both wow, have CLG really? outside. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um. For for me, this was I, I feel like CLG actually has a good shot early into this split. I think that Darshan and Rainover, um, if they find synergy, while other teams are struggling to find top jungle synergy, um, that they could get some wins off of some better teams. But that again, just just like just like you know other teams, at the end of the season, I didn't feel enough from them. They had that. You know, they had that upswing, that that big, you know, momentum hit at the end, but they fell off and looked more demoralized than I expected them to be. Mm -hmm. And then who, who was it that they dropped the game, that last game to? The, the oh, last I... two games of the season, they lost to TSM and they lost to Optic. Optic, o Optic the, was the bad game. one. Optic oh. was the, yeah, that, 
that game to me just really it would put such a sour taste in my mouth um, for that lineup because we had you know it's a new lineup and and you know Afro leaving and Bio coming and you know I just expected more from them honestly mm-hmm. and I don't know that. I see them wholeheartedly turning it around. Again, I can see them having some early success. I actually think some of these lower teams will have some early success partially because of the, you know, the meta craziness and just how we see teams usually like CLG coming after MSI struggling, TSM coming after MSI struggling. I think Team Liquid might struggle the first couple of weeks. So, but again, I, I still I don't see CLG finding the footing for long enough for the entire duration of summer, especially given how hard people play in summer, you know, to get to the playoffs and to try and make it to Worlds. Um, yeah, I, I, I have CLG at seventh as well, I guess. Yeah, and and to me, uh, I, I mean, those are, those are great points. I, I do think, you know, pe- people make the excuse of like, oh, well, they knew they were eliminated, so there wasn't really a reason to, to play through. But you play through the end of the split because – you want to make a statement that you belong and you don't let the early part of the season define us. Um, mm-hmm. that, that's kind of, those are pride games rather than playing for a particular thing. And it did feel like the, the wind got knocked out of their sails. Um, the, the other thing, uh, and Tim brought this up a little bit, you know, Rainover, when he's not ganking for top lane, uh, he doesn't look great. Uh, yeah. yeah he, like his whole career was having hard carry like Hooney that he could just play around and, and it gave him such a clear path in the early game. Uh, everything he's tried since, it, it doesn't look nearly as sharp. Uh, he doesn't look nearly as comfortable. And he, there's not another Korean on this team that he can work with as a translator, which is the other thing that Rainover is fairly good at and, and people find value in. So I don't... I don't know what he's doing on this roster for them that's going to move them forward. And and, and and the answer could be, well, then let's get Darshan back to the days where he could hard carry on Nasus and split push for forever. And I just don't think Darshan's at that stage in his career. I, I think I think CLG doesn't want him in that spot. Yeah, um, well, I think I think that I, I, I have to agree with you. I think there's a lot of miscommunication there in how um, the game, they, they should play the game. I think they've like made it very stick say focused, but Rainover doesn't fit into that mold of we're playing a bot centric, you know, meta, especially when your your support who is his number, you know, the person supposed to be calling out the most information to him is Biofrost. Yeah. Who again, that's the reason he's not on TSM was because he struggled with commu- you know, to not I mean that's not the only reason, but you know, one of the reasons was he, he couldn't, you know, he wasn't a leader. And and Rainover with Hooney had someone to direct him and you know if you're gonna gank for me you have these easy easy paths I'll I'll also help you and tell you where you need to be and when so that we can guaranteeably get this kill every time mm-hmm. and I I actually think they would have more success if they played around Darshan even if Darshan's not where he was I think they'd still find more wins because they would be playing toward an easier win condition for what they have but yeah yeah and well and that's the thing is they need to be playing towards a win condition and I don't think. For a lot of this season, CLG knew what theirs was. And that's yeah. the thing, is like if they're gonna take the leap this split, if they're gonna make it into the playoffs after all, they're gonna have to develop an identity. And I, I think the guy that that's gonna fall upon is is Huhi. Um Huhi, at least we know, uh really good at roaming mid laners, really good at yeah. pressuring for his side lanes. And and you really want that if you're gonna be playing around Stick Say the way that I think ideally they should be because I do think Stixay is the best player on this roster. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that that's, that's the way you've got to do it. But Rainover and Huki don't seem to have any synergy together. And yeah. That, and that's the part that, you know, we'll see what they did this offseason. Hopefully that's something that they focused on and CLG fans can, can take huh. solace in that. But if they drop some games early, um, if Zix isn't able to get a hold of, of this meta and they start slow, I... This does not strike me as the team that's going to come back from a, a tough bounce. So we're, we'll see how this goes. Now we get into the sixth seed. Now we're, we're talking playoffs. Yeah. There are, you, you could talk me into a lot of different orders for, for these six teams. Uh, so who do you have at number six? Okay, so I, again, I think the top six, there's so much room for any one of these teams to really be in the top three. Um, you know, I like 
I don't know that every team here can be number one, mm-hmm. but but I know I, I really firmly believe almost any team here can easily be number two or at worst number three. Mm-hmm. So you know any it, it, it's very it, I, I I struggled a lot internally you know ranking these teams up here because I really wanted to look at where I thought the meta was going to be early, where I thought it was going to end. So for number six, I I put clutch. I did put clutch. I ended up with clutch. Um, but that, I was very contested on that, especially when we get to who my, my fifth and fourth picks are. But, um, but I think that, uh, Clutch has a benefit in that Solo looked great at the end of the split, and he looked great in the playoffs for most of the games. Um, this, again, I, as I've said, you know, throughout this, I think that top is going to be a big focus for the, the, the early part of, of the split, because I think that with bot being kind of, you know, a question and people trying stuff out, you're going to be looking for your anchor in top lane and you're going to be looking for an anchor in jungle. And, you know, because even the mid picks are kind of wonky right now, sometimes based on what's getting played in the bot lane. So, cause it's not just like, you know, it's not a very defined meta anymore so um i think that solo gives them a lot of uh agency because i think that in terms of being able to put him on a carry and put him up against most top laners you know even even you know ones that we would consider the traditional best top laners in na that he can hold up with them he can even beat them in some matchups so um i think clutch comes off really strong actually uh and uh hakuho and apollo also are killing it in solo queue right now hakuho especially i think he's like rank seven or something he's rank 12 he's he's really high up there and uh i i think his read on what's going on is only getting better his playmaking only looked cleaner as as uh the playoffs went on and i'm you know i want this team to be rated higher again it's just really hard for me with the talent on the teams that i've gotten the top four yeah, you know, I, I have them at fifth, so I don't have them that much uh, farther out of the way than you. Uh, I do, this is this is good, this is our first big disagreement. Uh, I'm not very impressed by Solo yet. Uh, okay. He's, he's gotten better, undoubtedly. Mm-hmm. Um, his gold differential at 10 minutes is still quite rough. Uh, it's about negative 187 in the regular season. In the playoffs, it got uh, all the way up to negative 129. Okay. Um, he's not a guy that I think you can put on a a carry champ and, and really uh, know that he's going to save the day. He needs help. Um, to me, to me, I think the improvement that I have seen is I, I think his team fighting is a little bit better um, when he gets to those fights. But he only got there fifty six point seven percent kill participation last split. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but but that was that was him getting better as the split went on. He has improved. I still think when you look at you know, if the top six teams, we have the same, you know, set of guys. I think he might yeah. be the weakest individual of the 30 guys that would make the playoffs by that count. And that's and that's the thing that put, puts them uh, as a potential weakness for me. Okay. But I also think Hakuo is the best support in North America. And I hate, I like, it's one of those things where I feel like I'm going to have to write that article at some point because... It feels yeah. silly to me that we're even having this conversation after how good he's looked at so many moments over his career now and how he's yeah. made Apollo into a strong 80 carry. That's yeah. absurd for the record. And we don't acknowledge enough how crazy it is that that's where that bot lane is. I think Forbidden's a monster, and I think it's very unlikely that Lyra will look as bad this split as he did last split. Lyra has historically been a significantly yeah. better player than what we saw. Certainly, meta had a lot to do with that. Um, mm. I, I think that as things are changing a little bit more now, it seems like we're getting more aggressive jungler picks. We get back into Lyra's comfort zone, and I think we're going to see a bounce back from him. Only gets I, him to five, though. I, 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 I do. Think... I, I, real quick, I just got to yeah, push please. back on one thing mm-hmm. of Solo being the weakest, because I'm going to tell you who my number five was, and yes. I'll tell you who I think the weakest individual player. Go um, for it. it and, and so it's Cloud9. I have Cloud9 at fifth. Okay. And the reason being is because I think Licorice is an enormous liability. Mm. And and I actually think that Solo is a better top laner right now than Licorice. I understand what we saw from Licorice, um, you know, at, 
through last season, but I think a ton of that had to do with how C9 as a unit played around him, and that when they did put him on a carry and didn't give him the entire weight of the team's support, he got absolutely demolished. And and toward the end of the split, all he was doing was losing. Now, again, I know his numbers looked great, and, and even his his goal differential at 10 you know, remained pretty decent throughout, but that didn't change how he, again, that he was giving a lot of agency over to the enemy jungler in that you know, he was constantly you know, behind in the lane. He was constantly mispositioned in the lane. He got caught a bunch. And then when they put him on, on carries, in, you know, uh, in, it was in the playoff, um, it put him on, what was it, the Lucian top, I think. Uh, you know, he just he was like 0-5 at, at 10 minutes. And, and I think that him being a rookie coming into that also helped because we see a lot of these rookie top laners um, you know, even Lerlo, his rookie split came in and actually was playing carries extremely effectively and um, and and winning lane a ton and able to carry games. But then you see the follow up season and especially coupled with the fact that right now I, I don't know if he's playing on a Smurf, but right now his main account is 60 games played and he's diamond one or no, he's got 100 games played and he's diamond one and and I, I you take what I saw last season plus plus C9 struggles, I, again, I, I take, I, I'm really worried about the, the top half of the map for Cloud9 right now. Yeah, and, and for the record, I think those concerns are very valid. Uh, Licorice's numbers, if you're curious, do not look as good as you think. Uh, okay. Only ended up with a 2.9 KDA. He did have a positive goal differential at 10 minutes, but a lot of that is because when he won lane, he won it very hard. Exactly. It, it was exactly. high variance, and, and that's the thing to him that I think is very concerning for me is he he's one dimensional mm-hmm. um he, it, he he has his pool of champions in which he performs very well but right now it is a very shallow pool um mm-hmm. it, it's it's a few things his cled is great I, I i think his his nar can be can be good but he is counterable um i i think he has a, pre- a predictable play pattern at this point uh and it is predictable that Sven Skarin has to spend a certain amount of time and energy getting him in a good position. I don't know, like, the, the whole idea that Licorice can't play tanks, I think, is 100% valid. Haven't seen yeah. it yet. I have not seen a tank in which I've been impressed by him. No, and... no, nor have I. I. Not an Orn, not a Nautilus, not a, you know, a yeah. Scion. I want to see something. Yeah. And, and, you know, his damage numbers were great, but do you really want your top laner, like... I think it says a lot about them that his his damage share, he was 25.5% of his team's damage. I don't think that's likely to happen again. I don't don't Mm -hmm. think, you know, the the meta is is in a weird spot right now, so who knows where we end up. But the odds of it favoring uh, the same pool of champions in which he he made his uh, kind of reputation early on in the split again, I think is unlikely. I, I do have them at fourth. Um, okay. And, and the reason I do is because I, because it's Cloud9, and Reaper is a really smart coach, and Jensen is one of the best players that North America has ever seen. Agreed. I completely I, agreed on the Jensen front. Okay. And, and and that's the way, when you have a guy as good as Jensen is, it, it, it's, you know, we're not quite at LeBron levels. That would be someone, I guess, like a Bjergsen, if you were to, to kind of take the analogy for the NALCS. Yeah. But he's close. You've got one of the few guys that can single-handedly win you a series if you need him to. And I think I think Reaper and, and Cloud9 took the quarterfinals loss to Team Liquid as a wake-up call. And mm. I expect them to come out sharper this split. Uh, and I hope that they prove me right. I, I think this team has the capability to do it. I think they have the infrastructure. I think adding Rapid Star to their coaching staff was a brilliant move. Yeah, I think I wanted to mention that as well. That, that definitely was a really quality call. Yeah. And I and I hope that that gets them there, but but they have to prove it. And and I think Licorice you you are correct to point him out as the guy that's going to have to do it. Um cuz you already have Sven Skaren on your team. You can't have like Sven Skaren can be if he's the weakest member of your team, you're in a pretty good spot. If he's yeah. the second weakest member of your team, You've got a couple problems now. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And again, you know, I I like Licorice, and I I was, you know, I didn't get on the hype train with everyone initially, and I'm 
kind of glad because toward the end it tapered off. But at the same time, he definitely blew he, he blew my expectations out of the water initially. So I don't, you know, I'm not so down on him. I don't think he's absolute garbage or anything. But right. you know, I definitely think that when you're looking at these top six teams and and you're looking at top laners, and again, you know, you were a little down on Solo. He, and he's my version of that because I think that you know. That his deficiencies actually have been um, a lot more exposed on the stage than uh, than solos were. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely comes down to what you value for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I I understand where you're coming from. Uh, number four. Who, number who, four. Who do you got? So number four and number three were so hard for me. This is so, I I have it. I erased it and rewrote it nine or ten times. I I went back <laughs> and forth so hard on this. So. I have 100 thieves in fourth place. Okay. Um, I have yeah, I have 100 thieves in fourth place. I really like this squad, and again, my top four teams. I sincerely, any of them could be anywhere. I am, you know, like I am so excited for the split because of these top four teams, especially. I'm happy to see all the teams, but 100 thieves have someday and Medios. Right, and at the start of a split, these guys usually pick up metas really quickly. They they adjust rapidly. They figure out what's strong. They abuse it early. You know, they find someday as someone who has found who took tanks and was finding you know two solo kills by eight minutes when he first showed up. You know, and even yeah. last uh, last uh, split, you know where he wasn't as dominant of a force as he was the split prior. He was still having you know some of these plays that. These, you know, these flank TPs uh, that you're just like, how did they even get first? How did they get a ward there? You know, <laughs> second, <laughs> second, you know, how did how did he catch that? You know, that timing and, and, and know to be there with with how he positioned the wave. I just think that guy is such a tactician in how he plays. I think that they're going to look really good early. I'm just worried. I, I'm worried about them as as the it, it, the. I'm sorry. I'm just worried about them as the split progresses because I think the three teams I placed above them are really strong. They have a very strong macro understanding and they're a little bit stronger just across the board. But that 100 Thieves has a I mean I I still think they have a real shot to make it back to the finals. Well, I and I I have them in number 3. So I have them slightly higher than you. <laughs> Okay. Um, we're just a little off here, you and me. We're, yeah, we're, no, we're, no. The, when you hear my sixth seed, we're gonna have a very fun conversation because well, I, I, um, I can imagine. But but a hundred thieves, I I really like this team. Uh, someday is best day, and I think he proved it again last split. Um, the fact that he has demanded absolutely no attention from Medios, uh, and and still performs as well as he does. He's got mm-hmm. a negative gold and CS differential at ten minutes. And has been as much of a monster as he has been when the game goes on. He, you, you, that kind of low econ guy. It reminds me, in some ways, of Oduamne, right? For what he's been in Europe, um, just yeah. a guy who you could depend on week in and week out to to make it work without, uh, while letting the rest of his team kind of get the resources they need to shine. It did wonders for Cody Sun, who yeah. has, you know, there was that great interview quote where he talked about how playing with Aframu was like playing with cheat codes on. Yeah, because right. <laughs> so, because and Avramo is he, I don't know that there's been a, a native North American support who has done a better job of enabling their AD carries to make plays. Oh he, no, he, I don't he, know that there is. He's he's just he he sacrifices whatever it takes to to get his team to a good spot. Um, and I think that his shot calling it certainly seemed like he clicked with the rest of this team. The the only thing that's holding back, uh, from putting them in the top two. Uh, and having them return to the finals is just uh, do, how good do we actually think Ryu is? Like, mm-hmm. like, it, yeah, like at the end of the my, day, that's why I put them at fourth. Actually, was exactly what the, the same reasoning. Yeah, the mid jungle synergy matters in League of Legends, and mm-hmm. Medios, mm-hmm. Uh, like Medios, played incredibly well last split, but well above what we'd seen from him in the last two years of output. So, yeah. is that is that Medios hit a new level, or is that uh, this is a statistical outlier because Medios' best champions were in the meta. For exactly. The majority the Zach, of the split. Uh, yeah, it, and, you know, like the Zach especially. That was in there for a long. That was that was meta for a minute. Yep. <laughs> and and he took advantage of every single second in that minute. And and, and again, good for him, right? Like we we got to give them credit for that. Oh yeah, but absolutely. It, that was it, yeah, it it does just put this little damper for me on it, where I say, I don't think 
the mid-jungle positions will perform as well as they did last split. And if that's the case, you need someday in Cody Sun to take even another step forward. Yeah. And I, I don't know that they both have that next... It's asking a lot of them. Uh, you can only yeah. do so much, really, uh, without those two positions doing a, as well as they can be. And, and I I would love to see Medios maintain this level of, of uh, production because if he does, Hundred Thieves can be a really, really fun team to watch and are going to be a team that, you know, I would love to see even just, like, sneak into Worlds as a three seed. They'd be a really yeah. fun team to watch mesh up against uh, some oh, of the yeah. other regional metas. So I, I hope they can do it. Um, who who's your number three, Xander? So my number three is Team Solo Mid. Ooh, okay, okay. I have them number two for the record. Okay, so I, I'm even yeah. higher on them than you. So that I, I'm I'm more going ooh because we're gonna have a very 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 fun conversation. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. But okay. you, yeah, talk about TSM. Why are they third for you? So I. I, and I want to be clear. I went back and forth between TSM in either first place or third place. Mm-hmm. In my mind, there's no second place for them. Okay, it's either first or third. And and I went with them. I, I I settled on them being in third place because I think that as a unit, these guys look insane at times. Mm-hmm. But that I I don't know. I really don't know how to feel about the communication issues we saw from them that persisted for an entire split, which is something we've literally never seen from TSM, you know? Now, I know that the level of competition, it was higher than, you know, let's say the the split where Yellow Star was their support. Um, but, But the fact that they couldn't get it together for playoffs, that they lost to Clutch... And, and how they lost to Clutch, it really shook my confidence in them. And even though I think they're all amazing players, uh, I don't know that if they get in that position again that they don't falter just because of the lack of success with that roster. You know, I'm really worried about about their mental, honestly. And and just, I, I really want, I, I have a feeling Reggie's, you know, going to be pushing so hard for them to get first. And I can absolutely see it because, like I said, all of these top four teams I can see in in you know going in the final and and playing for first easily and and winning you know. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It, it, there's just something about the idea of um, you know Mike Young and Hanser in the top lane for this early part. I don't know where Zven and Mithy are at. I really have no idea. You know, they looked mm-hmm. so bad at the end of the split, and and. I have only seen some solo queue stuff from them, but it didn't it didn't impress me like it they normally do when I see them play together. It just looked like an LCS duo. It didn't look like the best LCS duo in EU who can consistently fight against the best international duos. You know, it didn't right. look like that to me. So uh, you know, I might be a little extra down on them, but at the same time, I think that. Again, their performance at the end of the at the end of Spring Split really is detrimental to how you know people are looking at them right now. And and if they can come out and change my mind, you know, cool. But <laughs> I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, no, we we will have to see what happens. And I I do think you're you you are correct in in that uh you know you would think right that you would bring Mithy onto this team. The number one reason you you bring him on with Sven is the idea of his shot calling potential. That he's been the leader for this three time champion G two uh, for the, all the splits that he was there. Obviously Emperor and uh, God, who was the support for that that first G two team? I'll have to look that up in a bit. But um, moral of the story is this is a a team that I. I think certainly underperformed last split and, and definitely just got out coached in the yeah, uh, series I... against clutch. They're just strategically caught completely off guard. And it was so frustrating to not see them with a, a backup plan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like they, they had no idea what to do as soon as the, you know, there was any resistance put up on them. And to me, uh, those are all very valid concerns and things that could hold them back. And also we have to address that Mike Young might not be that great of a jungler. 
Might yeah. not be. Um, and I don't want to say that yet either, because I, I think that he was put in a pretty rough and a- anxiety-inducing spot. Yes. But, and, but and we, you have to overcome that at some point. Yes, and we do want to. We do have to say, uh, Weldon's been back helping this mm-hmm. team in the off season. Mm-hmm. Historically, <laughs> that's worked well for them. It has. I like it. <laughs> yeah, I, I I have mixed feelings on the guy, but you can't argue with the results he's had with particularly with, some with of these ESM players. Especially, yeah. yeah, with TSM especially. That guy with them at, at the nothing else you can argue that he he knows how to get through to TSM. He does, and and so I I have them at number two, and the biggest reason ultimately it's it's not even that I think Sven and Mithy are going to take a huge leap forward. Uh, I think they're just going to be. It's better than they were last split, but I'm not even counting on them to get back to, to G2 level necessarily. I just think this is going to be the ultimate FU series from Bjergsen. I think he is furious that oh, they did yeah. not make it back to the finals. I think that he is going to, you know, he spent all this time this offseason hearing about how Liquid was the super team. And, you know, yes, Liquid screwed up at the beginning of that international event, but look how strong they came on after. You know, yeah. people are already, you know, writing down. Well, and hey, they beat, they beat RNG in two attempts. You know, EU had yeah. five chances and they couldn't do it once. So that, That's you know, true. No. <laughs> it's And so if you're Bjergsen, I, I think the only thought he had this offseason was, I have to sh- remind everyone why I'm the best player in North America. And I think he's going to have a season that does that. I, I, I think that this I hope is... So. I'm, I, you know, I have intentionally not been talking about Bjergsen just so that the absence of his name, hopefully, you know, just... He, he <laughs> gathers enough energy. Like, you know, he just he's like Freddy Krueger or something. Just like, people need to know my name. Yes. <laughs> by, by, by the way, uh, the trivia check, it was Hybrid who was Ambrose. Oh, Hybrid, that's Ambrose. right. Hybrid, hybrid, G2 hybrid. Yeah, what a what a weird career he had. Yeah. That, that never saw him really again after that championship yeah. and anything meaningful. Welcome to the ULCS. We're going to go back to NA. We're going to talk about your number two team. I really My- hope that we're finally getting to Echo Fox because the longer this goes on, the more our argument is... Fox, it's okay. I didn't put them in the number one spot. Okay. We're getting number two is Echo Fox. So you have these guys at six. I have them at really? six. I do. I, yeah. I, okay. I, yeah, this is going to be our biggest argument. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to let you make your case first. Why are they the second best team okay. in your mind? So again, I, the thing I've been harping on, you know, all, all, this entire pod up until now has been that the top jungle synergy is going to be very important for the first part of this meta. And I think that it's extremely going to define who the top six teams are, because as we saw, once you're in that bottom four, it's really, really hard to work up now. It didn't used to be, you know, like back in the day, you could be, oh, and seven, you know, you look at uh, teams like uh, Dignitas or, you know, Team Liquid with Dominate, where they're on the top 11 wins straight, and then all of a sudden they're in sixth place, you know? Um, but that's not that kind of volatility, you know, where these, where the bottom, as far as the bottom teams are, even teams like CLG, you know, oh, we're low and now we're going to make it into playoffs. That's not happening anymore. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, I think that uh, with, with Echo Fox, the big thing is that they're going to have a really strong early summer split again, and that that's going to be a huge driving force for them to find success in the playoffs with Hooney as hungry as he is to get to a North American final. I mean, this guy has been to a world final. This guy is, you know, played, uh, he didn't make, did he make it to the, the final in LCK? He did, right? Uh, he's been in LCK finals. Yes. LCK final, you know, and, and he's been, he's won EU, you know, but he's literally, he hasn't even been to a final in North America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think that, that hunger and Dardock, Dardock's understanding of the game improving. I actually, I am really high on Dardock for how he has been improving his play and how he has been improving his mentality and how he has been improving how he approaches the game at a competitive level. I, I think that these guys are going to elevate this season. You know, I, I, I do hear what you're saying. Uh, Hooney is a very good League of Legends player. And it feels weird that he hasn't. Ha- we haven't had that one split where he's just able to uh, go insane and, and carry the team uh, the way that I think they would like to do. Um, he's so good. 322 goal differential at 10 minutes. That's the highest in the league, uh, I believe, at any position. 
Um, it's it's absurd what he's able to do uh, in that regard, and it gives him a very nice kind of uh, you know. There's there's always that lane to play around, and I do think Dardock has gotten better. Has his mentality gotten better? I I think I I could point to. Uh, game three of their semifinal series in which he and Anero get in a screaming match on stage because he did not like who yeah. got locked in. That I'm not sure what that means. I'm not willing to say that that's 100% intrinsically bad, but I'm also, like, I have to keep in mind things from Breaking Point and CLG no, saying no, that he no, had no, a bad... No, 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 like, no, no, that, no. That, that's fair. It, that's it is, fair. And the other thing that I, I think really uh, dampened my excitement for this team because I thought there, there was a very logical progression towards the end of the split uh, where uh, DeMonte was starting to look better for the team than what Phoenix was giving them. Uh, and I, I, that would free them up to bring on Lost from uh, their academy team, who I think is better than Alltech. I think has looked okay. more consistent than Alltech. And I like that team to, to, to do well. I, I would put them in my, my semifinalists at least if that was what they were going to run with. But then DeMonte gets himself banned for the first three weeks of the season because of toxicity. Yeah. And, oh and it's just God. like, what are you doing? This is your shot. How do you, like, all you have to do is nothing. Not. And yeah. you're going to get a shot to be an LCS uh, mid laner for what could be one of the league's best teams. And he just couldn't help himself after having been warned multiple times. He's just like, oh, yeah. I'm in Korea. That means I get to do whatever I want. I, oof, it, it, it's frustrating. It means now they... Like they, they Yeah, no, it, he doesn't. And, and now they go back to Phoenix, and Phoenix really benefited from the meta last split in a way that I doubt is going to happen again. I, I think that because so many people were putting... You know, all of the attention was people trying to shut down Huni from solo carrying the game for them. The Phoenix had a lot of free matchups, a lot of favorable picks that he got to pick, a lot of counter matchups that he got to solidify because teams needed to save their counters for elsewhere on the team. I think if we learned anything from these playoffs, I think Phoenix is the guy for teams to target as long as he is their mid laner. And and I, again, I don't know that that was the plan. I think the plan was to get DeMonte there. So I have a lot of question marks around this team. And I, I think that with the fiery personalities that they have, uh, adding that kind of instability and uncertainty and let's face it a Nero a guy that's gotten a lot of credit over his career a lot of people really like the guy no results yet to back up the coaching reputation that he's been given I I, I, I like the guy he seems like a very nice dude and I do think he has some knowledge of the game but at some point we have to ask the question what how, how much of, of a leader of a strategist uh, that can can rally the team behind his goals uh, is this guy, and I, you know, it, it's little skirmishes like that 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 make me wonder if he is that guy for a team that desperately needs the stability to come from up top and follow down. Yeah. So, so those are my concerns, and, and those concerns had me put them at sixth. I will also point out I didn't put Echo Fox in the playoffs last split, and they made me look like a moron. So it's very possible <laughs> that they do this again. Um, do you have a anything you want to say to that before we move on to the number one team? No, again, I, I really, like I said, I think the, the Phoenix point's fair, and he is the weakest part of their team in my mind. Um, but I, I honestly think that Huni and Dardock are, look so strong right now and will be so empowered with how the game, I, how I feel the game is going to be played competitively uh, going into the first few weeks. Um, again, I think that the way NA is going to approach the game is is really going to benefit the the people who can play most solidly in top and jungle. And given that, I, I don't know that there is a better top jungle synergistic duo. In, in in NA, let alone in, in a lot of regions right now, as as Dardock and Huni when they're actually you know when they're playing together, because Huni is just so good and Dardock is honestly one of the best natural players, you know in in NA. He just the way he approaches the game, you know. Again, I don't always agree with <laughs> his mentality, but, right. but but just the way he approaches the game and how he sets. Uh, his t and how he can set his top laner up, but especially when that top laner is Huni, mm -hmm. you know, I just 
I wish I had a jungle like him in one in ten of my games because <laughs> I would, you know, just once, just one in ten games. Just give me, you know, occasionally. Yeah. Give me a dart off. Like, God. They're... But, um, yeah, so, so yeah, that's I, – I again, I can totally understand why you see them in sixth. I think that the volatility of their play is very high also, well, and, you know. But, and that's the thing that I think really captures why the two of us are so juxtaposed. They could finish anywhere between two and six, undoubtedly. <laughs> they have the potential to finish second. I, I won't argue against that. There's a lot yeah. of talent on this team, and Huni might be the best individual player in North America right now. So, like, that, yeah. that, at least that's the, a conversation we can have. Um, yeah. and, and when you have a guy like that and you do such a good job of playing around him, uh, the sky is the limit, unless they limit themselves, and that's always been the thing that that's the thing we thought was going to happen in the spring that they would be their worst enemy. Felt like we saw a little bit of that in the semifinals. Looked a lot better in the <laughs> third place match, and we do need to give them credit for that too, right? Sample size matters, so yep. we, you know we, there's a little bit of of both sides. We 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 I think have a good idea of what this team could be. It's do they live up to that, and that's going to be the fun part to watch. Um, but we both agree Team Liquid is going to to repeat as champion. I am I am a Team Liquid fan, and I'm happy to be one because thank you, Doublelift. That's all I got to say, all right, is just thank you, Doublelift. Congratulations, by the way. I don't think we've gotten a chance to talk on podcast since that happened. That's Yeah, yeah, no, we haven't. I, I You know, I called them to win it. I had faith, and I was rewarded. Right. Steve, Steve paid enough money out to people, <laughs> all right? Double lift was giving handouts out when people weren't looking. Okay, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I, I just, you know, it was, it, was, it was great to see them achieve success. I love seeing double lift win things, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that squad, for, for the North American front, not talking about MSI, but that squad came together so cohesively. They played so well. There, you know, the coaching, the picks, everything. I was just, I was ecstatic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As well, you should be. This is a really good team. Uh, they deserved to win the title, I think, undoubtedly. Um, I think they are the best top-to-bottom roster in that I don't mm-hmm. know who you point to as the weakest player on their team, but that player is probably the third best player on most <laughs> NALCS teams. Yeah, like, yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, I, I know a lot is going to be made about Ole and his decision to step down for a couple games at MSI and what that does psychologically to a team. Um, I'm I'm choosing to believe that Team Liquid has taken a lot of time between now and then to work through that. And the fact that, like, people make it out like, oh my god, Ole totally quit on this team. He played game two that day. He only missed one. He missed one game. They didn't do very well in that game. And he's like, you know what? I should be out there. You guys are correct. Well, I think that's what's important, though. I think that that action... Oh, undid the part of the action of pulling himself out. Right. I think that coming back the next day, even though he had to sit one game out, but you know when he sat there on the sideline and realized, hey, I really should be in there. You know, like he did the right thing. Right. And, and I think that you know because I I think we talked about it a little bit when it first happened, and I levied a huge criticism against him. Mm-hmm. But even I, when I you know because that was that was right when they announced it. Mm-hmm. But then when I saw him come back, you know, the second day, I was a little. I was still mad, but you know, because again, I just I'm, I, I I I respect people needing to take time for their mental health, absolutely. But you know, when you sign up to compete in a competition, especially an international one, and with these guys, you know, I really I just I'm really against leaving your teammates, especially given that I was a soldier, <laughs> and you can't ever leave your teammates. It's a different mentality, I understand, but you know, no, le- it. Uh, it's one I stand by, so you know I I definitely gave. But but again, I wouldn't even list him as their worst player. So that <laughs> there's that. Too. It's yeah, and that's the thing. Like statistically, you could say impact had the lowest KDA, but impact's a and, monster. Like yeah, yeah. well, and that's the thing. Again, I you know impact's a crazy good player. So you know you, even if you point at him as the worst, like you said. Yeah. He's still <laughs> there aren't many teams he's still not the second best player. Exactly. And, and I'd say the same thing about Poe Belter. I know he gets a very hard time because uh in, you know at MSI he went up against some very very good mid laners and oh, he yeah. didn't quite hold up. But we're talking about the five best teams in the world that he was going up against uh theoretically at that event. Um <clears> we're He's going back to North America now. He looked pretty darn good in North America. I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. 
um, that that he can at least you know hold up uh, to that extent. And I do think this is a team that you know is going to be very hungry to maintain the title. Uh, they want to prove that MSI is not what defines them. And it almost yeah. like in a weird way, it's almost better for this team that they didn't do well at MSI because they're not going to have the hubris that could have happened. I, yeah, that's like CLG had when they when they took second and came back yeah. and then did absolutely nothing for the first six weeks of the split. Exactly. And, and yeah. I, I will say I, I am grateful that Riot added a bit more time in their schedule before the summer split starts so that people did have a little bit more time to relax. I do think that maybe making the degree of changes that you did right before the season starts wasn't ideal. Yeah. Like that, that... weirdly timed patch there. Um, hey, guys, by the way, remember preseason nine that, you know, is supposed to be next January? It's now. Yeah. It's right now. Preseason nine. Welcome to it. Yeah. Getting early. Ha- have fun. Uh, let's let's experiment and build this meta together. I, I just yeah. uh, it's not the worst patch we've ever seen. That's still going to go to the juggernaut patch <laughs> coming right before Worlds. But it's I love that. Patch. What are you talking about? <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, that's that's a patch that only a top laner could love. I can Darius and win 80% of my games. What are you talking That was a great patch. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, that was that, that was something. Oh, Mordekaiser. Uh, but we're going to, uh, I guess, is there anything else, any final thoughts on this split? You know, that's kind of, we, we both think Team Liquid's going to get back. Uh, we both think it's going to be a new team in the finals, though we disagree on which one that's going to be. Um, yeah. Is there any like a- anything that stands out in your mind of like uh, what could surprise you or, or maybe go in a different direction than you predict or or just something that you think kind of puts a nice little bow on this conversation we've had here? Yeah, you know, I just uh, honestly, I just want to leave it on a high note for one of these lower teams. Um, I, I really, I really just want to touch on on Optic again, real quick, because I think that this is a team that if they find some footing, could actually be a top six team. Um, I like their core in Arrow, Acadian, and Power of Evil, and I think that if they can find a way to communicate effectively that that's a really strong thing you could get going, and that could really upset the balance of these top teams. You know, at, like we saw with Clutch consistently beating the teams below them, you know, and, and keeping CLG and, and some of these teams we expected more from. So I, I'm really excited for the split from the standpoint of I think that the mobility in the top six is immense, and, and in the bottom four, there, there are some rumblings of, like, you know, verifiable change to to really make these franchises work. So, yeah, yeah I optic. I'm looking forward to, and I'm really looking forward to uh, TL and Echo Fox. That's those are my three that I'm I'm really looking at this season to see where they go. Yeah, you know, from from bottom tier teams, I'm very interested in seeing how uh, FlyQuest's approach on how they handle their academy team versus optic. What this means for both of these teams in the long run. I think that's going to be a storyline we're going to be looking at for a while because these are both, uh, you know, teams that, I mean, essentially started from nothing. This FlyQuest roster doesn't look a lot like anything we saw before from them. So, you know, how they build this up, how these different approaches uh, are going to work out, I I find fascinating. CLG, I, you know, I would love to see them come back on and and do something. I think they have some talent, uh, especially with Stick Safe, that could get them there. So that's going to be, if they can sneak their way into the top six, uh, them doing that and who ends up getting bumped down as a result is going to be really fascinating. And then yeah. I, I think, man, it's so hard to say I'm excited to see what TSM does. Like, that's a sentence that I feel like like we've seen so much TSM well, over the years, a new fresh well, start. A, but but it, yeah. it's something to have a deposed champion like this someone that has been exactly. so dominant for so long, it is compelling to see what that means. Do they bounce back? Do they have that FU season? Or are they out of steam? Have other teams truly caught up and this is when they take a step backwards yeah. and we have to reevaluate everything? Um, those are the storylines that I think are going to be uh, very fascinating. It's going to be an awesome split. I can't wait to watch it. Uh, and I appreciate you coming on the show to talk about it with me, Xander. So uh, hey, anything you'd like to plug? So yeah, of course. Anything you'd like to plug on your way out? Oh yeah, well, um, I just want to say we'll be uh, the the stream has been on a short hiatus, but we're we're coming back strong. Uh, I've been grinding on LAN and NA, 
So I got a ton of content for anybody that wants to come check it out. Top lane, platinum diamond stuff. It's all great. Twitch.tv slash Orzatus. Yeah, absolutely. Check that out. Uh, always a fun stream. One day we're going to get you into scouting grounds. That's the dream. Yeah. Uh, make it happen. I'll be, I'll be the next 28-year-old to make it to scouting grounds that doesn't get picked up by a team. I got this. I mean, look, man. Uh, <laughs> Nintendude is a starting top later in the academy system right now. Hey, yeah. No, I know. It's, it's, the dream is alive. This is a land of opportunity. <laughs> so uh, thank you so much uh, once again. Uh, we are going to also do this for the EU LCS. So uh, stay tuned for that. Be sure to catch... Uh, Tim Sevenhusen's episode on North America and Josh Keller came on to talk about Europe. Uh, you're going to want to catch both of those episodes. Really great stuff all around. Uh, and until then, uh, goodbye, Internet. Adios.